This is Stephen Strang, and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm talking about a very important issue, censorship, having to do with Facebook and having to do with PragerU. It is not directly on the election, but it's a very serious issue that does touch on the election. And on my book, God, Trump, and the 2020 Election, which I'll explain in a minute, but a PragerU is an organization I admire greatly. It was founded by Dennis Prager in 2011. It's a not-for-profit organization that helps millions understand the values that shape America and provides millions of Americans and people around the world with the intellectual ammunition they need to advocate for limited government, individual responsibility, and economic freedom. Since its founding, PragerU videos have received over 3 billion views. It is a resource for all those who value liberty and a threat to all those who do not. And that is how PragerU defines itself. And I thought it was so well said that I wanted to repeat it. I've had the privilege of being on Dennis Prager's very popular program in Los Angeles. I talked about my book, Trump Aftershock, and also about the discrimination uh, in our culture of Christianity and Dennis Prager, who's a devout Jew, an Orthodox Jew, I believe, is a great friend of the Christian community because he's a great believer in liberty and constitutional rights, and he's, he's just been a strong friend. I first heard him speak in person at Christians United for Israel in Washington, D.C. a number of years ago, and he brought the house down, one of the best speeches I think I've ever heard, and I was so privileged to be with him, and of course... I've checked out the videos on PragerU. You know, they're generally about five minutes. He gets all kinds of famous people to opine in a very understandable way about all of these liberties and so forth. And now Facebook, which is known to censor, is censoring them. And, you know, there have been some things that have been publicized. One is that they censored uh, one of their episodes on the Ten Commandments because the commandment, thou shalt not murder, uh, had to do with murder, and children might be offended by it or something. I mean, it was just so ridiculous. But here, uh, just a few days ago, in late May of 2020, the headline says that Facebook labels PragerU as fake news, restricts future content from reaching PragerU's own audience. Uh, It's a press release that they sent out that caught my attention, and it shows a picture. It says, remember this starving polar bear? And then underneath it, Facebook has put false information checked by independent fact checkers. And then there's a place that you can click to see why. And it says, your page has reduced distribution and other restrictions because of repeated sharing of false news. People will also be able to see if a page has a history of sharing false news. So what's the false news? It's basically that Prager University is conservative and says things that conservatives would say, which goes against the liberal narrative. And in this particular case, they did an item on a starving polar bear that the left had used as propaganda to show proof of climate change. And in actuality, a National Geographic um, photographer had taken a picture of this poor bear trying to find an example of what things would look like later when 
you know, all this climate change kicked in. Uh, they never really followed up what happened to that bear, and they never really told the context in which they photographed it. And Prager University was trying to sort of out them, and I admire that. But they found a fact checker that labeled Prager University's uh, video as false information, and point, they pointed to a review of the video by Climate Feedback as proof. Now, Climate Feedback is a group that, with direct ties to climate change proponents, and they accuse PragerU of cherry-picking information to support its arguments in the one-minute video. One of their administrators put this in the press release. Our video exposes the left's deception, and that alone is why we've been censored. So, you know, what happens is they just decide to take it off. And so far, the courts have sort of said they're a private company and, you know, aren't subject to some of the restrictions we have against the government doing this kind of thing. And, you know, supposedly they're a neutral platform, They don't want to be called a publisher because publishers have a certain amount of liability based on what they publish. Same thing with broadcasters. They want to just be, you know, a utility, kind of like the telephone company or the water company, which will sell you electricity and water regardless of your political views, even regardless if you're a criminal or not. I mean, a criminal can have a house (laughs) You know, they can be a really bad person. They still are going to have electricity and water because they don't discriminate. So on one hand, Facebook tries to pretend like that, and then they, they discriminate. And they, I know this to be true because I've written several books on Donald Trump. Uh, one of the ways the marketing people will, you know, get word out about a book, any book, is they'll list it on Facebook. We have a pretty big Facebook following for our company. I'm not really privy to all they do. They do all that kind of stuff. But, for example, with my new book, God, Trump, and COVID-19, when the staff uh, got the, the uh, cover together while we were still writing the book, I put it on my own Facebook page. Now I have two Facebook pages. My public one is my name, Steve Strang. Anybody can sign up for that. I'm up to about 20,000. That's not a huge number, but then I, you know, that's just kind of been uh, gradual over the years. I don't really promote it. But, you know, we put up different things. There are different articles and And if I feel like it, I'll post something. So I posted the uh, cover, and I asked people if they liked it or not. And, you know, I got all kinds of comments like you do. And then they have a way that you can boost it. Now, I have 20,000 followers, and when it's your page, you can kind of see it'll say, the 500 people have seen it. Now, I would think that if it goes out to 20,000 people, it ought to go out to all of them. And then they can decide whether to open it or not. But Facebook wants you to pay them, you know, as little as five bucks or 10. And, you know, and I've done that. You know, I've paid a few dollars here and there to boost a little post, partly to see if I can get something going viral or just to see what happens. So I thought I would pay to post it, you know, boost it. You know, I probably paid 10 bucks. I thought it's worth it. And they review the ad and it comes back that it's rejected because it, it violates their community standards. And now, apparently, they won't censor my putting it on there. They censor my being able to advertise it. And I'm almost certain that every single time I've done this, with anything having to do with Donald Trump, they say it violates their community standards. So I'd like to know how. My books are very reasonable. 
their research, they're journalistic. We're writing about the president of the United States. It's part of the political discourse, and they reject every single one. It kind of makes me mad. Now, of course, it's also small potatoes. I mean, who, who kind of who cares if a few people on Facebook don't see it? And frankly, I don't like paying them money anyway. I, I really think that Christians need to get an alternative because I think that ultimately they will censor any conservative comment. They will censor Christian content. That's my opinion, but there's already examples of it. And I think that when these things come up, we need to yell and scream and say, this is not acceptable. It's our way of pushing back, you know, in a nice way, of course. Uh, we need to push back on Facebook. Facebook is so big that they're like a law unto themselves. And when companies get like that, we have antitrust laws in this country. And I believe that the government needs to bust up Facebook. They also need to bust up Amazon and some of these other big tech companies. Now, Amazon as a company is not objectionable to this. They, For example, they don't censor Christian books being on Amazon.com or things like that. Now, their owner, Jeff Bezos, is far left and does a lot of things that I don't agree with at all. But, you know, to me, that's just the give and take of our political discourse. But I think the censorship, which the framers would have never anticipated, is in an entirely different category with private companies. It's almost like a loophole. And we always need competing voices. We tend to forget what the media was like in former generations, but you know, as far back as the Revolutionary War era, there were lots and lots of newspapers. Every little town had its own newspaper. And if you read the history books, some of them said some pretty vile things about Thomas Jefferson and John Adams and all these controversies. And, you know, some of the stuff is just actually wild when you read it. Some of the, you know, they call people everything but polite names. And then during, you know, up during the Civil War with the debate over slavery and everything else, every little town seemed to have a newspaper editor that had a fire in his belly and just you know, editorialized about everything, and they kind of covered the news the way they wanted to. And, of course, we, we had the Telegraph by then, and so the news, you know, kind of traveled that way. Newspaper, and up in the last century, of course, the radio came online in 1920, and television after World War II, and we had competing voices. And then the Internet, you know, came on in the 1990s, and, of course, you know, everything's kind of changed since then. But I don't think anybody ever anticipated that these tech companies would start from nothing and become so huge and exercise such control. And then when you hear about the tech companies, almost nobody that works at them are conservative. No wonder they have this point of view. I think the only thing we can do is urge our elected officials to have hearings in Washington you know, of course, there has to be due process and there's got to be a debate, but I think that's the only way we can stop them. And they need to decide, are they a platform or are they a publisher? And they decide that something's not community standards or in more extreme cases, they decide it's hate speech. There was actually a legislator in the state of California that proposed a law. All the Christians out there were like very concerned and you know, got active. They actually went to this legislator and apparently 
persuaded him to withdraw the law, but it was to label the Bible as a hate book because of what it says about homosexuality and because of some of the violence, you know, that's recorded in the Old Testament, some of the wars and, you know, how they dealt with people and, you know, they would stone people for adultery and all that kind of stuff and under the Mosaic law. And the Bible, you know, the foundation of our very civilization, the first book ever printed, the best-selling book in the world, was going to be considered a hate book. Now, of course, that law, well, it never was voted on, but, I mean, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Meanwhile, back to PragerU, I think we need, you know, PragerU is big, and, and, and Dennis Prager has a, a huge platform uh, that my wife and I enjoy. We watch his fireside chat just about every week. We've gotten to love his dog, Otto. We'll sit and Joy will say, Dennis Prager has Otto on his fireside chat. You ought to have, you know, our little dogs on your podcast. Well, we have three little papillons, and they're as cute and as sweet as can be, but it's bark, 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 bark. <laughs> they're not cute like Otto. <laughs> Otto lays there. He's kind of sleepy and bored and everyone's <laughs> Dennis talks to him. It's really cute. If you haven't l- watched his fireside chats, they're just delightful. And and actually we need more people like Dennis Prager. Thank God for people like him. You know that everybody's not on the left. We need to get uh Facebook to back down. Now this press release says that there is a online petition the the press release does not make it real, real clear where it is online, but it's got to be at PragerU to sign it to try to push back on Facebook. And like I said, everything I write about Donald Trump, they, they won't let me advertise. And it's just wrong. It's just wrong. We can't let him get away with it. That's the purpose of my podcast. And it ha- does have a bearing on the election because you hear about how they censor some of the ads from some of the Republicans. And, and, you know, I've heard people say that Twitter and some others have censored the president in some ways. I, I haven't researched it, so I'm not really ready to talk about it. But, I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. The left has been getting its way for decades and really a couple of generations. And they're just going crazy that Someone like Donald Trump is standing up to them and that people like Dennis Prager are standing up to them. And I think they're actually getting more vicious as a result. They're fighting back every way they can. And so fighting back through Facebook is one of them. And we can't let them win. We just can't. It'll get worse and worse and worse. And I think that if we do push back, if they see it's going to hurt their pocketbooks in some way, I think they're scared to death that there's going to be antitrust breakup but, you know, I'm not an expert on antitrust, but in my opinion, the times it's happened, it's been positive. You know, Standard Oil was broken up into all these different companies like uh, Exxon and Mobil and Texaco and Chevron and, and Standard of Ohio and a couple of others. And, you know, the oil industry ever since then, you know, that was 100 years ago at least, has been much more competitive The antitrust that I remember in my own lifetime was the telephone company. You know, it was AT&T. They used to call it Ma Bell. Um, There was one phone company. They were regulated by the government. And then in the 1980s, there was this big lawsuit, and they broke up 
AT&T onto all these different companies and they allowed competition and with competition all these companies competed with AT&T for cell phones for fancy devices we you know we ended up with the smartphone and I think if it was still AT&T all this innovation would not have happened I remember that long distance phone calls were so expensive that you could call the operator and ask him to call you back and tell you what the charge was because, you know, you'd call your relatives. The price went down at 11 o'clock at night, I remember, and that's when my parents would call their relatives out of state because on our simple little family budget, it was fairly expensive, four or five bucks for a phone call. And now all the long-distance calls are free on your cell phone. Of course, you pay a bigger fee, uh, you know, for your telephone services, but, I mean, that's just one example And it's one that I remember personally. And I think that if there were a whole bunch of different Facebook-type companies competing with each other, same thing with Amazon. I mean, I personally like Amazon. I bought some stuff on Amazon today. But during this COVID-19 thing, half of all online sales were through Amazon, half in the entire country. Of course, the circumstances are somewhat different. And some companies now are going to be forced to do more online sales, but they need to break up Amazon. They just do. Amazon's a good company. It's well run. They, boy, they know, how to, they know how to do it right. And that's why they've gotten so big so fast. They started off selling only books. Their goal was to sell every book in the world, I guess, every English-speaking book at least. I can remember hearing that they were going to start selling vitamins and clothes and stuff like that. And That just seemed odd to me because they were a book seller. And, of course, because I'm in the book industry, I was, you know, much more interested in that. But I'm rambling, so I guess it's time to wrap up this podcast and say bravo for Dennis Prager for starting Prager University. Bravo for standing up to these bullies. And I think they will ultimately prevail. You know, this is fairly nickel and dime stuff about a polar bear. But, I mean, just the idea that they can call it fake news and take it off. Actually, to me, the ones who are most guilty about any kind of fake news at all is the left. There's just no resemblance to objectivity anymore. So I hope it doesn't affect the election. It could be, but we need to be vigilant. We need to be strong. We need to exercise our rights as American citizens to object to stuff that we think is wrong And I encourage you to do it. And I hope you will do what I plan to do, and that is to figure out how to sign this petition. So with that, I'll just wrap up this edition of the podcast. Thank you for uh, sharing it. I have reported that I just gone over 5 million podcasts, 2.5 million this year so far, which is amazing. And uh, also remind you to buy my God Trump 2020 election book and You can get it on my website, stevestrangbooks.com. I sign every single copy that we sell. And now the new one, God, Trump, and COVID-19, which is a new one. I just barely got copies yesterday, the day before I'm recording this. And it's a short book. It's barely over 100 pages. You know, it'll probably take you an hour and a half to read, maybe two hours. And it kind of picks up where God, Trump, and the 2020 election leaves off. But they're both very important, and I hope that you'll get the books. I hope you'll read them. I hope they light a fire under you. I hope you share them with friends. In fact, on my website, you can buy 
uh, larger quantities at a special price just because we're trying to get the word out. So thank you for listening to my podcast. Tune in again tomorrow on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Stephen Strang.